If you're like most mission-driven professionals that I know, your relationship to work and your career have changed since the pandemic began. I'm Jen Walker-Wall, career strategist, resume writer, and founder of WorkWonders Careers. This season, we're talking to mission-driven professionals to hear how their relationship to work, careers, and ambition have changed over the past couple of years. I hope you'll join us. Welcome to Reimagining Ambition. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Reimagining Ambition. I'm your host, Jen Walker-Wall, and I'm excited to dive into today's episode. When I began these conversations, it was late in the summer of 2022, and I wanted to keep my questions pretty generic and just encouraged each participant to share their story, starting at the beginning. But there were two questions that I made sure to ask absolutely everybody. And in today's episode, The Great Exploitation, I will be asking and sharing the responses to the first of those two questions. So I have a couple of questions that I like to ask everyone in these conversations. And the first is really around, I'm using the language like media-driven narrative to like understand when you hear things like nobody wants to work anymore or quiet quitting. What do you think about? Perhaps you recall how in 2021 and 22, we were peppered with articles and insinuations from Kim Kardashian to the Wall Street Journal that the post-COVID worker shortage was driven by workers who didn't want to work anymore, the great resignation, and people who were quiet quitting, you know, just doing their job. As a career strategist and resume writer who works very closely with people in their careers, I watched people get laid off. I watched people think they were getting laid off. I watched people help rapidly pivot their companies to remote work so that they could survive. I watched frontline workers risk their lives to continue caring for customers and patients. And I was maybe shocked isn't the right word. I was horrified and angry at how quickly the narrative went from being grateful to some of those workers for their efforts during this time to nobody wants to work anymore and really challenging people's work ethic. And quite honestly, I really felt like I had a lot to say on the matter myself. But as I started speaking to our guests and hearing their responses, I think they did a better job responding. Here's what they had to say. I think it's people don't want to be exploited anymore. I think that people no longer want to work in an environment that feels like shit or that feels toxic or where they don't feel seen. And I kind of love that. I think that's great. I think there's a lot of power in it. And I think it's also really hard for certain leaders to hear that. And I think it's really polarizing and I think it's really easy and lazy to just write it off as like a work ethic thing and not actually peek under the hood and see like what is happening. I have really enjoyed watching how much people are pushing back. No, no, we're humans. We're not workhorses. We're not here to just work until we burn out and then you replace us. We are human beings. And yes, a third of our lives are spent at work, but that doesn't mean we need to sacrifice all the other parts and percentages of our lives for you. Those kinds of labels, I find them to be very unfair, very unfair to people. It's such a weird thing It's very strange to me to frame things this way because it ignores all of the environmental and contextual reasons why people change their behavior in the ways that they do. I can be responsive enough to see 
a shift in culture where, where people are being mindful of the ways that we approach work. I think this is all a very good thing because despite the horrible reasons that led us to this place, we are confronting issues that have always been present. I think the pandemic woke people up into realizing like maybe some of their habits weren't really great or maybe some people were like, I've been operating fine or like, I'm not happy in my job. I need to change something or change my passion. And like, just, I think everyone just kind of woke up and was like, I don't want to be doing the same shit that I did for the past. However, X amount of years, I need something different in my life. And I think the pandemic has given more empowerment back to employees. And I think that's why with like quiet quitting, returning to work, like all of these are just within like our own individual boundaries. And if it's like, all right, if a company's not going to give this to me, like I'm going to go somewhere else because I can. I think nobody wants to work for free anymore. Nobody wants to work and be abused anymore. Nobody wants to work and have to set aside their values and their ethics every time they show up to work. Nobody wants to continue to have to box up parts of themselves to be able to get through the day anymore. I think that the idea of just not being seen, like working so hard and not being acknowledged for, and, you know, being in the nonprofit world for so long, you know, frankly, working for not a lot of money. <laughs> the idea that you have to quietly quit, you know, you still need to pay your bills, you still need to be there, but you're not mentally there. It's not that people don't want to work anymore. It's that people don't want to work a job that's really three jobs. It's not that people don't want to work anymore. It's that people don't want to work a job that is very, very difficult physically, tenuous in its stability, and pays $9 an hour or, or whatever the case may be. Some people have been able to say, we don't want to be treated poorly anymore. <laughs> And some people have had the privilege to be able to make the choice not to be treated poorly anymore. But that is just not a true narrative. I think people can't hold complexity. And right now, we have some of the most complex and challenging times, and people don't want people to think. With the pandemic, everyone has been go, 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 and just grinding themselves to the ground for the past three years. That now the concept of being okay doing your job is like quitting. Like it just, it boggles my mind and it quite frankly angers me. Like, I mean, I'm of that mindset. Like, yeah, it's like you're going to have to do some beyond your job description and be a team player and whatnot to get promotions, whatever. But it's okay to set boundaries. And it honestly made me question myself because I'm constantly questioning myself. Is it okay to set boundaries? I always cringe a little bit when I hear it because. I think it's knocking people who are actually trying to make a living and do their jobs while maintaining a sense of boundaries and in a way self-respect for what value that they're actually giving. I think all that's garbage. <laughs> I don't think it's the people don't want to work. I think people want to be treated well. I think they want to be compensated well so they can have a decent life. Like I don't think that we should be striving for the bare minimum. Like why should someone be paid to the point where they can like only heat one room of their tiny apartment and they only live on peanut butter sandwiches? I want people to have better lives than that. And I think that's what people want. 
Everyone wants to be just okay and not worry about money and not worry about where they're getting food. Perhaps I am quiet quitting in a way by saying, I'm only going to work my six hours. You're paying me six hours. I'm working six hours. And then I actually took a sick day this year because I was so exhausted from everybody yelling at me and I just slept the entire day. And I have six months worth of sick days because I have not taken them. I think people need decency. I don't necessarily think that people just don't want to work. I mean, everything, these arguments aren't new, I feel like, right? Maybe this is just my perception, but these arguments keep coming back and the nobody wants to work anymore, right? Has been around for decades. The idea that this is going to tank the economy and that's going to be bad for all of us. And, and yes, I understand that fear. I really do. And how you know the economy impacts us all, whether we think it does or not. It just feels like a very capitalistic response to humans asking for better working conditions and better wages and better lives, right? And it just, it feels like a response to this idea of, well, what do you mean you don't want to go above and beyond? What do you mean you don't want to work 110% at all times? We're not meant to do that. We're not meant to hit our limit every day at work. We're, we're meant to maybe approach it or something, but we're meant to work hard. But, but no, you're not meant to do that. And if the system is aligned where you feel like you have to do that, then it's not tenable. I have lots of thoughts on that. For some of the terms... I find them laughable, right? We've slapped a new label on an old thing, if you will. Quiet quitting comes up for me because I'm like, I, I've known about quiet quitting long before I knew there was a term for it. There have been many times, and I would say, especially for people of color, where they have literally learned to just put their head down and do their work, right? I don't want to be on your radar. I don't want you to notice me. I just want to do what I need to do and get out of here. And that speaks a lot about the state of DEI more broadly, right? Why do I focus on including people because there were many people who were disengaged. And the second they had another opportunity to move to a position, role, company, et cetera, that was going to be more aligned with what they needed, they were gone. And so now I think the difference is we're seeing it on a much broader scale, which also leads you know me to think more about this great resignation. And this has been fascinating to watch. I've been able to be an observer, but I have watched it roll out and impact the clients that I serve. My work has actually been hampered in some of these instances by the ability to actually, if you're coming in to facilitate for a team or run assessments, if there's no team there, what are you doing in that moment, right? It makes it a lot harder. But what I am appreciating about the great resignation is the fact that this is the first time, at least in my lifetime, and I would even say ever, that we've seen the mass majority stand up and say, these conditions are not working for us. And we're hearing that even still as people are trying to return their staff to the office. I don't want to go back to commuting two hours, three hours a day. I like the fact that I was able to spend time with my child after school or maybe have time to go to a play or a baseball game or, or whatever have you. Like I found value in that. My partner and I are getting along better because we are not stressed at the end of the day in the same way, right? There are things that I hear people saying and I'm like, that is important for employers to keep in mind, because if you want your staff to be happy and engaged, you have to remember they are whole people. I am happy to do the work that you're asking me and get paid, but you must recognize that I am more than the function that you have hired me to do. It's about power. It's about framing any attempts at 
securing better labor conditions as whining or as unreasonable. So when I hear all of this, I get frustrated. I just want to call out the emperor's clothes because it just feels ridiculous. And Helen Peterson is probably somebody who I look to a lot or help shape my thinking on this. But even without her amazing work, it goes back to even like Weber and the Protestant ethic of like this hyper emphasis on productivity. And if we are not productive enough, we like we're sinners, we're horrible people, the world's going to end, our economy is going to be utterly destroyed. It kills me that we worry so much about that to jettison everything else. Everything we do is, is enwrapped in this like overemphasis. We need to always be producing. And if we always need to produce, we always need people to consume. To me, this like emphasis of we have to keep growing, we have to keep growing big, and we have to keep doing more. And what kills me is like, if you look at what is somebody who works in 1920 versus 2020, they have exponentially made themselves more productive, except that they get paid substantially less. There is this, we need to make everybody as maximally productive as possible. And in doing so, like we just burn them out. And it's okay because we create an economy that is about production and products, and therefore people are disposable. Not the extreme wealth that we have where there's 5,000 billionaires in the world, but everybody else is like dismissible. So when I see things like the Great Resignation, I see, oh, like people are resisting or recognizing like their selves, their bodies, their families are more important and more valuable than their work. And they're finding other means of making it work. When I see quiet quitting, I see, oh, you mean people are not allowing themselves to be exploited and do more work for less pay. It's people trying to wrestle back whatever agency or opportunity or just like self-care that they need to survive because most companies aren't making life bearable or survivable. We're, we're ringing the, the church bell, church bell intended here, to like warn of like the threat, but there's not really a threat. It's not really a threat if your values are for caring for people and society and trying to give us whole lives instead of just cogs in the machine. I'm not at all surprised that people, quote unquote, don't want to work because, yes, even the minimum wage, no matter how high it is in your particular state, it's still ridiculously low. Whatever you do for work, it's draining. Very often you work for someone else, you maybe don't even see the result of it. My question is always, what is the reward of working? Is a reward just monetary, which gives you the ability to live and do the things that you want to do? That's absolutely valid. I respect people who say, this is just my job. I could care less about it. I do it well, but it's not part of my identity. I do it because I want to earn money so I can go and do X, Y, and Z. That is 100% valid. And I actually feel like a more balanced approach to working in many ways, I am incredibly inspired by folks who are actually asserting their worth. But I also really am excited to see 
not only individual workers stand up for themselves, but I think companies rethinking like, oh, what is the benefit that we need? You know, we've seen an increase in flexible PTO schedules that are coming out of this. We've seen an increase in salaries, you know, and people are saying, I need X amount of dollars. And I think that that's right. I think that advocacy and supporting our companies in rethinking how they can support their workers is exciting. And so, so much of this is covered as negativity in terms of quiet quitting, people are not working as hard as they did before. The outcomes haven't changed, the impact hasn't changed. And so do we really need to be working 70 hours a week in order to do something or are we just working smarter? If that's what you know, quiet quitting is, if that means investing in yourself and your family and your own interests, then by all means, it just means you're going to be a better worker when you show up. And I, I look at myself in that case when I was working and, you know, about to be burnt out, I was resentful of the work that I was doing. And now when I, you know, I do close my computer at five or 5.30 and I eat dinner, I take a walk or I read a book, like, I know that I'm going to show up when I turn that back on at 8 a.m. I'm going to show up better and actually I'm going to be more impactful. And so those healthy boundaries are helping me to be a better worker as opposed to a resentful worker or a tired worker. A lot of people have become disabled. If you follow disability activists, this is a mass disabling event and People cannot work the way they did. And it is really like I have a friend looking for a part-time work. It is really hard to find a part-time job. Many people are experiencing sort of long-term symptoms from COVID. And that's something that I think needs to be talked about more is that we're still, the medical community is still trying to understand it. I myself started suffering from some respiratory issues that we really haven't been able to pinned down since having COVID. Not long after I moved here, actually, in August of 2020. I think everyone should be in a union because I feel so much safer knowing that I have people who are trying to protect me, even if they can't always be successful. When I hear discussions about people not wanting to work, I think it's people want to be respected in their work, that everyone deserves dignity as a human and to be disenfranchised as being expendable, even though we were initially essential. It's really painful to think about yourself as expendable, like what human is comfortable with that. Most people still show up and they want to do a good day's work for the money that they earn. And I believe that you just have to give them a good reason to do it, right? And a good work environment to do it. So I'm a big proponent of quiet quitting. I actually don't think people should be going above and beyond what their paycheck and job description allows or requires of them. I think that's healthy. And when it comes to things like going back to the office, like give people a reason to come back, I think. Make it worth the commute. Make it worth any other sacrifice, the comfort of being at home for the community that you build. When I say make it worth your while, I don't just mean snacks in the office. I mean, that's lovely. But a lot of conversation now about coming back to the office just so everyone can sit in meeting rooms all day anyway. Like, I, I don't know that that's a worthwhile trade-off for the commute and the flexibility that working from home gives. So. I do think employers need to think a little bit differently about what those benefits are. The care member was from that was like, let's say it said like 26% of people don't like working from home. I've gotten to the point now, whenever I see something like that, I just kind of try to, again, try to roll my eyes. And instead of being combative, just try to focus on my circle, like making sure that my direct reports know that with me, 
boundaries are healthy. Like get your stuff done. If you have a personal crisis or whatever, or burnout, you let me know and we will work through it. None of this like forcing to go into an office for whatever, or just working till midnight all the time. Like, I don't know. I just think it's just such this unhealthy narrative that is happening now. And just everything's, I feel like that's a general theme. Everything's just exhausting. And that's like a different level of just exhausting and frustrating. Among other things, the pandemic forced us to reckon with tradition in so many ways. What does a traditional holiday look like? What does a traditional birth of a child look like? It used to be that your family friends would come and I think it's starting to be the case now, but that wasn't the case, you know, for, for us. And what are our attachments to, to tradition if we're not willing to also look to the future? I think art always useful. For the most part, I think it's kind of indicative of like a reckoning. There's no reason a lot of us need to go to a gray cubicle someplace in order to do our work if there's much more natural light at home. I mean, if we're if we're really only talking about something that I design or something that I write or something that I make, it really doesn't matter that I'm sitting next to you while I'm doing that. It doesn't really matter what pants I'm wearing or like where I actually physically have to go. That I don't think is going to change. We're not going back. What I just said is pretty much going to be the future of a lot of different industries and they just got to make peace with it. Like they don't want to commute into a city anymore, myself included. We don't want to relocate for any. There's no reason I should move to Tulsa because of an opportunity that that is doing exactly what I'm doing now. If I'm going to use Microsoft Office and Articulate Storyline, I can do that here. I don't need to move to a different time zone. That's the part about the Great Resignation that I kind of like. It's really kind of making people rethink corporate real estate. The second part of the Great Resignation that I really like is the fact that I think I don't know that my story is all that uncommon. Like, I don't think it's all that interesting even because I think a lot of people came to the same conclusion at the exact same time, which is why am I doing this? Like, why should I be squeezed so that tons and tons of like management positions can have, that's where their salaries come from. Their salaries come from me getting less of the money from the thing that I make. And I think that there's no real way to spin that if you're a manager or a leader that makes you comfortable with it. Like, oh, here's all of our record profits. I didn't see any of that. I was part of this department that did amazing things during this time period. And we're told there's a hiring freeze. Like, why, why is that? You know, these things, all of a sudden, you know, people are not dumb and we can gather online. We can compare notes. You know, you read the same articles. You can share them on LinkedIn. It's all out in the open. And I just don't think people are duped like this anymore. We can spot insincerity. We can spot when people are telling us things that are kind of contrary to the way that we feel about the work that we're doing. And I think for a lot of people, it just, just wasn't worth it anymore. You know, I didn't give our guests any advance warning about what questions would be addressed. They had no idea that this question was coming. And I was really struck by the strength and clarity of their responses. And like I said, I didn't think I could say it any better than these folks had. So I'm going to mostly let these responses speak for themselves. But make sure you check out today's show notes. I'm going to throw some links and references in there that will, I think, add some context to today's conversation. And of course, I would love to hear from you. Your thoughts on quiet quitting, the great resignation, and how these narratives were landing on you. So feel free to find me over at Reimagining Ambition on Instagram. And before I wrap up, I do want to thank one of today's guests, especially Sarah Marion. 
who happened to use the phrase very offhandedly, the great exploiters, to refer to employers during this time in a conversation that we had after we recorded our interview. Note to self, record everything, (laughs) even the stuff you think is casual and won't ultimately make good podcast content. But as you can see, this phrase is the inspiration for today's podcast title. And I just want to thank her for her insight and that phrase, which I have repurposed for today's podcast episode. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me this week on Reimagining Ambition. Hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to help us share these stories with even more mission-driven listeners, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. And if you stumbled onto Reimagining Ambition because you're ready to explore what's possible for your career and you love practical career exploration, job search, and resume advice, please check out our private community podcast, Off the Clock. It's only available to folks who sign up. So join us at www.workwonderscareers.com slash podcast to learn more. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Check out the show notes for links to those accounts. See you next week.